Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Welcome to the On Everything podcast. I'm Gene the Dream. We got she is Ella Brown on the set. Ella, what's popping? How you doing this week? I'm doing good. Are you ready for the holiday? Yeah, I'm. I'm super excited. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. What you gonna do? Um, I'm. I'm actually going away afterward, but I got. I got some outings planned. You know, I'm gonna pop up at some barbecues. I'm pulling up. Yeah. You know, I'm. I hold it. I heard it's supposed to rain. Hopefully not. But you know, if it if the weather holds up, I'll be popping around to people barbecues. Like, yo, what up, cousin? You know, it's like gonna rain all. I think it's supposed to rain. It might be in New York too. It's going to rain all week down here, but I'm still oh, going to really? tomorrow, and I'm still going to this Sunday. So rain or shine. Yeah, I'm stacking plates. I'm bringing my to-go containers. Like you know, I, I don't like picking through. I don't know if it's just me or I don't like picking through people's plates in front of them because, like you know, I'm real. I'm because I'm a real picky eater. Okay. And, so like I gotta pull apart the the chicken to make sure it's fully ch- it's fully cooked, you know, like things like chicken that. Patty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pulling so, apart the chicken, like what are you doing? Like that's I, like that might be some obsessive compulsive behavior, like pulling apart chicken. You know what it is? Like I think that it's nothing worse than like getting to the end of chicken, like chewing it up, and then like realizing that it's not fully cooked. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's the worst. That's the worst. So, you know, like, I don't know, like, people grill times or how long they, you know, put the food on and stuff like that. You know, I just got to make sure stuff is fully cooked. I mean, I can always just eat a glizzy or something like, you know, eat a hot dog or whatever, but, you know, Mm -hmm. or a burger. But, you know, I'm really funny with how I eat, so I try not to eat in front of people, you know. It's the same. I'm the same way with restaurants. Like, I send food back all the time. Like, listen... This is not fully cooked. I can't eat it. I'm sorry. You know, send me well, something. Good. I mean, you know what you want. You know how you like it. So they got to fix it how you like it. Mm-hmm. At least with restaurants. Oh, my gosh, Gene, today, this show is yeah. going to be so fun. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm gonna, we might have to have a part two because there's so much stuff mm-hmm. that we do now. When I tell you this, it's, it's going to be a trip. So the black comedy that we're talking about and the black funny facts that we are talking about today, we are going to end it with something um, serious that I'd like our viewers and listeners um, to tune into this weekend. Yes. But for the show, it is everything black people. And let me know. Call us. Let us know. Call in. Um and then also comment in the chat. Whatever questions, if you have any comments, let us know if you remember any of this and let us know if this is applying to you today. Let me know when you're ready, Jenny. I'm ready. Let's get started. All right. So I'm going to pick through some of it because it's so many. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time for me to find, but I found it. All right. Yeah. 
Charles, and it doesn't have the years, right? But we got the person's name. So everybody who is listening to us and watching us, if you want to know more about this person, just rewind the video and get the name, type the name in. If you want to learn more about the person, it'll bring them all up. Charles Sweet Mac Farnsley. And then you go comment. First to call someone else a jive turkey. Charles oh my goodness. Farnsley, the first to call someone else a jive turkey. So we... I, you know what it is like. I always wanted to know like where that saying came from. Like, what the heck is a jive turkey? You know, like where did you know? Like, where did that originate? Like jive turkey. You know, like oh, you you just jive or you a jive turkey? Like that's crazy. You know, that's crazy. And then, I mean, some people. I mean, we may hear the older people use it today or whatever. But you know, if you hear the older people that are older than us get real mad, it might come out. Mm hmm. Okay. This one, I still use the term. I use the term shucking and jiving all the time. So, like, I, and I'm not that old, like, but I use that term. Yeah. And I can see you using that too. Okay, this one is for you, Sequoia Brimley, the first person to go straight to church on Sunday after leaving the club earlier that morning. And wow. I'm talking about for you because you know about <laughs> church, so I know what we both you know what I'm saying. But do you remember those days? I remember those days going to the club and then having to get up in the morning. Yes, and you know what was crazy? Like I remember back in my club days, like because I started, I, you know, I got a late start to clubbing and stuff like that. But I remember my early club days, like being in a in a party or whatever, and like something like Kirk Franklin would come on, you know, like stomp, you know, like that. You know that is nuts. Yeah, that's that, and you know I, I used to do it all the time though. Leave the club, you know, um, you know, try to make sure like you know I was fresh enough to go to church, and you know, not not have that um, after club or alcohol smell on my breath while I'm in church. I used to, man, that used to be my my move, my go to move back in the days. And if we were made to get up by our parents or grandparents or whoever going in there and hoping that God forgives us for partying all night long and, yes. and doing it every week like we had no business, like we didn't learn a thing the week before. Okay, yes. look. Mm -hmm. Rodney Hot Rod McKenzie, first to tell someone they play too much. You play too much. You play too you much. Play too much. <laughs> we all have said that. Yeah. I, people tell me that all the time, you know, like, yo, you play too much, you play too much, because, you know, I stay joking, so. You do. Thaddeus <laughs> Collins, first person to wear a shower cap outside, okay? Oh, my God. God bless her heart, you know. <laughs> I, I always thought that was, you know, like, to me, like, that's a bad look for people, you know, like, just, um, you know, going outside with the shower cap, even the bonnets, you guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do rag going to the corner store? Yeah, like even that. Like I don't like to go outside with do rags. You know, anytime that I was outside with a do rag, somebody if I post a picture with a do rag going, like people are always like, "Take the do rag off. What are you doing?" You know, yeah, like yeah. yeah. Um, Cephas McCoy. Okay, this is a trip, right? Cephas mm -hmm. McCoy, first person to ask for change back from the church collection plate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, all right, I got my temp I got my ten percent. Like, yo, listen, give me give me my give me my change back, you know? Oh my god. That's you got, you got change for a twenty? <laughs> yes. 
And we gotta let we gotta let the people know, um, the people watching it. If you find any funny black facts, please let us know, y'all, and we will put them on the air. Um, <laughs> let's talk crazy. Yes. All right. Let me find. It's so okay. Drew Graves. Mm -hmm. First to sell bootleg music and movies in barbershops and outside grocery stores. Oh, he's lit. Because <laughs> that's what we do when you're trying to get on. I mean, what you going to do? Absolutely. And, you know, like, you know, not for nothing. I know people who make a living off of that, you know, made a living off of that for years. You know, like, I mean. And that's how we've had to start, right, Gene? Because it hasn't been fair. It's never been economically fair to us. So Absolutely. we have to do what we have to do, but one thing we do do, and we do know how to do is survive, and we know mm -hmm. how to come up with things to make it work. And I feel That's like right. we do that. Do you feel like we do that better than? More, yeah, actually, I think that we do that better than most races. You know, like we because do. We have to survive. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like you look at the history of Black people, um, we took things that that were given to us as as scraps like you know you think about chitlins and so, yeah, everything soul food basically and we made that into you know like uh gourmet meals like collard greens um pig feet uh you know like i i mean i still eat some of them things so you know like because i grew up on it but i don't eat no pig feet I occasionally uh, eat pig feet. I actually, uh, you know, like I used to enjoy it. Now it's like, ah, you know, it's nothing. But back in the days, like I used to always eat it. Um, it was something I always looked forward to eating. Even when I go to soul food restaurants, they have one um, in Queens. It's called the Rib Shack. They actually sell pig feet, chitlins, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, you know, like, do I try it again? All right, let me try it. And, you know, I'll try it and it's okay, you know. And then some of the things that was given to us as scraps, we'd have turned that into a business. Everybody going trying to find soul food lines wrapped around the uh, corner trying to get in. You know what I'm saying? Like they and you know, like they got a million of um people making shoes. We make our own jewelry, you know, collard greens, like Sean said, you know, Sean said collard greens, you know, like we what? That, that was everything. Yeah. Okay, genius. I think I did this last week. Troy mm -hmm. Booker. First, to refer to a flavor of Kool-Aid as red. Now, why, is this, why are we doing the colors? You know how we do the colors. <laughs> yes. And, and Sean said the chicken wings, too. Like, everybody tries to claim chicken wings. But, you know, like, that was that was black started, you know? But when we talk about the, yeah, the, um... When you talk about uh, colored Kool-Aid, like, you know, it's orange, red, like, you don't know what flavor it is, but listen, it's orange, it's red, it's yellow, the blue one, you know, like, you don't know, yeah. and they actually have, like, the flavors on the packet, but people never say it. I know, I don't, or we don't say it, and I hear that red a lot, because mm -hmm. I use red. I might say, well, yeah, I use the colors. I don't know, why do we do that? Why do you think we do that? If the color is, I mean, if the Kool-Aid is, what is the Kool-Aid? Cherry? I don't even know. Cherry. It's cherry, it's cherry Why yeah. Is it that we don't want to say cherry. Why is, because it, it is like our community will say red. Why is it that we go to the color? <laughs> it's easier to describe, right? It's easier yeah, to describe. Whereas the, the only color that is the actual flavor is orange. Yes, yes. It is because if somebody says, 
cherry. I feel like somebody would say, "What you mean cherry?" I mean, "What you mean red?" I think yeah. it would be like something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Virgil T. Banks, first person to use the phrase. See what had happened was. See what had happened was. <laughs> so now, like that saying is always like associated. It's always associated oh with telling a lie. Wait, so, I'll take this next. If you say see what happened was like everybody see thinks what had happened was everybody goes, okay, you lying because you taking time to create that story by saying that. Let's so crazy said we just as lazy, LOL, easy word. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> see what had happened was okay. This one, I almost have to get up for this. Uh-huh. Watch it. Precious Robinson, first person to keep her gold jewelry in a crown royal bag. Okay. Wow. <laughs> precious. Pre- Why was her name Precious? Precious. Precious. <laughs> and the, the crazy part is, like, I don't think that I've ever had a crown royal bag. But I, I do know that the, the bags, are they look kind of fancy. So it looks nice probably putting the, the, the jewelry in there. I mean, I, I think that's kind of dope, you know? And you know what I was thinking of what you said, the crown royal bag. I got one underneath my counter. It's perfect. Oh, my God. You got jewelry in there? I ain't got no jewelry in there. <laughs> I think, like you said, it looks classy because, you know, it makes me think about, um, you know how people will say, you know, black people, African-Americans, whatever, black people. Mm-hmm. How, you know, we always want to be dressed. Remember, even when you go to church, like you could look like whoever, I mean, whatever throughout the week. But if you have one of them grandparents that come from one of them homes, like, look, put on your Sunday outfit. I mean, it might mm-hmm. be the same outfit you wore every Sunday, but you want to dress up and that's, you know, give honor to the Lord. But we're always in fashion. But you know why I think it? Think about this, Gene. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because we're used to being, we are still, but we're used to coming from and being kings and queens. We're used mm-hmm. to having that money that was stolen from us. We're used to that. So do you think that's a cultural thing for us? Yes, absolutely, 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 absolutely. Okay. That's definitely a, a cultural cultural thing, and um, you know, like we we were we were the richest people in in, in history. So when you think about that, like storing jewelry and you know, like you know, keeping money and stuff like that in those bags is probably yeah. more from you know, our origins. Absolutely, it is. Jefferson Clark. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I've done this too years ago, but I did this too. Normalize the practice of shaking up a handful of sunflower sunflower seeds before eating it. Normalize <laughs> the practice of shaking up a handful of sunflower seeds before eating it. Jefferson Clark's. Wow. That's wow. Yeah, exactly. But I used to eat sunflower seeds. I used to eat sunflower seeds. Um. All the time, and I don't know why you feel like you got to shake them up. We just need it's, something to do. Yeah, I mean it's more of a it's more of a habit, like you know. Look at Jonathan. Jonathan Lil mm-hmm. Lil is his, I guess, nickname. Jonathan Lil Johnny Porter, first person to tell a woman he drink her bath water. To do what? I'm sorry. Jonathan Little Johnny Porter, first person to tell a woman he drink her bath water. Oh man, like oh that that was like one of my favorite lines from the Martin TV show. He used to always say that to Gina, you know, like girl, I'll drink your bath water. Oh, I said nasty. 
That's disgusting. Like, you know, you'd have told somebody before in, in like high school or something like that on the love. <laughs> Where okay. let's get busy podcast. They asked who was the first person to stash a stash money in their bra. I, I don't see a, a history of it because I actually tried to research it real quick. You know, I used to say, who was that to stash the thing? Because we've all, I know, ladies, we've all done that, especially if you forget your purse or you're getting out the car and you don't want to carry your purse going in, you don't have no pockets. That's the first thing we do, and that's crazy. And then give it right to the teller. That's 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 crazy. Yeah, or pull it out and give it to somebody. Like, hey, I got five dollars for you. Oh my god, like. That's what like or or grandmoms used to do stuff like that. Come here, baby. Come here. Yeah. Baby. <laughs> Let me give you something. Ooh, okay. Tawana, mm, here we go. Because this is going on right now, big time. Even mm-hmm. you being a male, you've seen it with the females. Tawanda, Tawanda Davis, first person to use hair gel to create baby hair all over the head. And her name had to be Tawanda, right? Tawanda. 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 Yeah, that is crazy. Will Richards, first man to put something on his mama. Touch me again and we're going to fight, man. I put that on my mama. You know what's crazy? Like, I, I always used to be scared to do that. Like, you know, just to put anything on anybody. You know, because, you know, you know, my background, I grew up in church. So it was always like, don't swear. So, you know, like, you know, people be like, I swear on my mama. Like, oh, I swear, I couldn't do it. I don't think I did that either because you, you don't want anything to happen to your parents. It just sounds like something getting ready to happen. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Okay, this right here, this I got a question for you because I've seen this in multiple churches and I know you have too. Reverend? W. De- Reverend W. J. Shanklin, inventor of the church building fund. Okay, you already know church building fund, <laughs> maintenance fund. <laughs> but listen, right? Church building funds are like a never-ending type of situation. Like when you think about church building funds, like that's um, you know, like I've th- I've when I think about my childhood, like. I, I've seen building funds go on from when I was a kid to when I was a grown man, and nothing ever changed with the church, right? But one thing I did learn as I got older and I got into positions, Sean said the pocket fund. <laughs> so what happened was, as I got older, I realized that there was a lot of things that needed to be taken care of in the church, like if you owned a house. So, like, at, not just the mortgage, but besides the mortgage, like, you had to take care of the lights, the water, and all the other things. And, you know, like, sometimes the church would give food and stuff like that. So I think that the building fund, the this is, is a positive. The, I look at building funds as a positive, but as a whole. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of churches that take advantage of the, the building That's fund. what I feel like. Mm-hmm. You need a building fund, right? If you in church and and all of that stuff, you want to get to the house, you want to get to the Lord, you build up, help build up the church and the house of kids. But what I'm saying is, when you got a building fund, you got the pastors fund, you got the pastor offering, you got the deacon fund, you got the kids fund, you got the gym fund. How many fund? How much is it going to cost you to go to church? Mm-hmm. 
Well, when you, I mean, like, if you if you look at it again as a whole, like, uh, there's a lot of things that comes along with actually owning a church or being a pastor, depending on what kind of organization you're in. So, like, some organizations, like, just leave you alone as a church where you don't have, like, money pouring in from the top down. Yeah. You know, like, it's like you have to create your own finances to keep the church funded. So yeah. I think that it drives the church more than, than a building fund saying, hey, we need, we're we going to build this thing up, da, 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 and it drives the, the money. But at the same time, I do believe that, like, some churches, you know, like, you just got to take care of the, the church. You actually got to do it. Like, if, if, if people are contributing to your building fund, then you should probably put in new benches with cushions. Like, cause it's nothing that I hate more than going to sit on some hard seats at church anyway. You know, we're gonna be here for a while. We might as well make it comfortable, you know? Yeah, and, and that, like you said, I guess it depends on if you got a big church, small church, you know, mm-hmm. membership and all that. But I just feel like I can't keep paying every Sunday just to go to church. I mean, I can, I can read the word of God or whatever I wanna support, but I can't, I don't wanna be ran down against all these funds. Okay, look at this. Rufus, Rufus, well, uh-huh. okay, you hear it, right? Rufus, yeah. right? Now watch this <laughs> Rufus was the first man to shoot someone over a game of spades. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yo, come on, Rufus. You come on, Rufus. <laughs> how are you shooting people over spades? Most people don't even gamble over the game of spades. So like, oh, I, you get, I mean, like, I, I guess you, you can really get mad at somebody that reneges, or you know what I mean. Like, you could get mad at people, or, or if they cut your book and they, you know they're on the same team as you. But it's really hard to like really get mad over spades. Yeah, yeah. Do we have the phone lines open yet? Uh, working on that. I I don't think so. Okay. All right, look, Vernon McDaniels, first person to eat a mayonnaise sandwich. Ew. I know. (laughs) First of all, like, let me just say this off the top. I don't like mayonnaise. Actually, like, I don't like to eat nothing white. So I'm kind of funny with, you know, like anything, if it's white, I'm probably not going to eat it. So, like, okay, to eat some sandwich is probably one of the... I, I, I don't have a reason for it. I think one time when I was young, I probably tried some nasty uh, or some spoiled mayonnaise, maybe. Okay. And, 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 or a Miracle Whip or something, you know, like... And it's like, after that, never again. Like, I, I really, like, you could give me Alfredo. I'll pick through it, but I probably won't eat it. I told you I'm a real picky eater, so, like... I don't like to eat people's cooking to begin with. So, like, but when it comes to like mayonnaise, anything white, I'm good. Yeah, I think I did that. Alfredo, I'm not a big fan of Alfredo, but like, you know, when you dieting, that's one of the things that I learned, at least when I was dieting years ago, and they would say mm-hmm. nothing white, at least why you want to diet, no rice because of all the starch. Mm-hmm. Okay, five minutes. I think he's saying five minutes for the phone line. Good. I need somebody to call it here and give us some stuff. Yeah, somebody said I'm lying. Listen, you can ask you can ask anybody that I know. On O Nation, on O Nation, on O Nation. Yeah. He said he's lying. You okay, so it's like somebody that, that knows you that put you on blast. Tell the truth. That's not somebody that know me. And they, we just 
boss of Alfredo. Definitely wasn't me. It wasn't me, dog. <laughs> I'm definitely at, and listen. I definitely would not buy Alfredo. And the crazy thing is, I'm allergic to tomato sauce, right? Oh but I'm allergic to tomatoes. Period. But I will still buy anything with tomato sauce. I will buy penny alla vodka. I will buy anything not to eat Alfredo. Hmm. Because I, mean, I don't like a different type of taste. I don't like blue cheese. I don't like, you know, like I, I, I'll dabble with the other one. I forgot what it is, but ranch, I like I'll it, it, but yeah, I'm good. Anything white, I'm good. Nakia Knee. Okay, that's a nickname. Nakia Knee, so watch it. Mm -hmm. Hallsworth. That's Hallsworth. First person to use the phrase than a mug to describe something. It's colder than a mug out here. Uh, it's crazier than a mug out here. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Tyrone Claiborne. First person to refer to somebody as play cousin. I can say that all the time. I mean, I, I yeah, I use that phrase before play cousins. That's my play cousins. And you know, like I got a lot of I got people now like that still call me their cousins. Like, and it's like I'll call them on the phone, they're like, what up, cuz? And I'm just saying they're like, bro, you know we really not related, right? Like <laughs> Cause we all, but we all, I guess, look at ourselves like, at least in our community, like we all family. Family. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Mm -hmm. Like we all brothers and sisters and stuff. I think that's the way it should be. It that's usually my, my reply know. is, yo, what's up, family? You know, like, all right, yeah. you wanna play cousins? I'm gonna call you family, all right? Yeah, and it ain't no nothing stuff. I mean, it ain't no nothing else. Like, we're not trying to give you nothing. Like, fam, like, we just love who you are. We got love for you. Exactly. Okay. This one, okay. I don't know if I can get this one up. Let me see. I, I was doing some research while you're looking that up. I was doing yeah. some research myself, and I I was looking up, um, I was trying to see what is it with black people and napkins, right? Like, why we use them or why we don't use them? No, why we take so many when we go to stores? <laughs> why do we? Because I do that. I was, really to, I was really trying to figure it out. I'm like, yeah, were we deprived as of napkins in, in our we? past or during slavery? Like, we didn't have napkins. I, I don't understand. Why when black people go to the store, like it, even a Dunkin' Donuts, like you'll see, you know, or Starbucks, whatever, whatever your pleasure, like you'll see, you know, white people walk out without without napkins and like black people, like it's like, oh, I'm going to take five or I'm going to take eight. Like, w what is it with black people and napkins? Oh, <laughs> is it Ono Nation? Yeah, Ono Nation. Stop up in the house. That is true. <laughs> Because, I mean, my friends, I mean, you know, people take toilet paper from the public yes. restroom, especially yes. if they have an extra roll. You haven't yes. used it. Okay, in the purse, all that stuff. Yeah, to stock up at the house. Now, that, now that's one thing. You know what's crazy? Like, I have a car. My car is full of napkins. 
And like no, occasionally, me. like I, I just get angry with it and I throw out all the napkins because I'm like, what am I doing with all of these napkins? Like, and I, you know, like I was really trying to research what is the connection between black people and napkins. Like, there got to be like some type of connection. It's you crazy. Want me to look it up? Yeah, yeah, if you can, absolutely. Okay, while I'm looking it up, napkin. Mm-hmm. Um, wait a minute. Uh oh, Georgia <laughs> Buston. Okay, tell me if you heard of this. Mm-hmm. First person to attempt to heal a broken limb with Robitussin and witch hazel. Okay. Come on now. Georgia <laughs> yeah. What in the world? First person. <laughs> oh my God! Right, this that, you know, I mean, whether 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 I don't know if it's you know the insurance or our money or whatever. Because there's mm-hmm. been many times when I didn't have insurance, money or whatever. You got to do what you have to do. But when when they said that, you know how it was like we do with our kids or like our parents used to do with us when they like. Um, Oh, Terry said, what about all those ketchup and jelly packets? Yes. That's another thing. Like, oh, my I God. My refrigerator. <laughs> oh, God. Are you, you, you keep ketchup in the fridge, too? I've got, I've got those stacks, in, and I've got them in. It was so much. I had to get them out the drawer with the butter, and I just put them in a cup. You know how you put them in a cup, and you got ketchup and jelly and all kinds of stuff, and I still got them in there. They're doing construction in my well, they just finished doing construction in my house, right? So I ended up throwing away like so many packets, and I'm like, what were we doing with it? Like, I mean, I had duck sauce, soy sauce, ketchup, jelly packets, butter, like all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, what were we doing with it? I mean, even the extra syrup packets that come with pancakes. I got that too. I'm I threw away that. so much stuff just now. It's a, hot, it's a mess. Yeah. Willie Lambert. Okay, so I see the the phone, I see the phone is line is popping. So if y'all, if y'all want to holler at us, the phone number is 929-441-2417 on the evening. I mean, on the on everything podcast. Let's get it, y'all. Yeah, call in and call in and let us know something, y'all, especially, and let the audience know something we didn't know. Um, I might have to give you my packets when I come back from. Break! It's a hot messaging. I got them all in the cup, and but I got bottles of ketchup. You know what I'm saying? I got a bottle of ketchup, but I still got the ketchup packets in there. Mm-hmm. Willie Lambert, Willie Lambert, first man to slap the taste out of somebody's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna slap the taste out of your mouth. Oh my goodness! Like that is crazy. So that. I mean, like, that saying, like, I always try to figure it out. But, you know, it can't be a literal thing. So that's hilarious. Okay, Trisha Jones. First person to have. We we got a caller. Oh, caller. Hello? Okay, caller. What's up, y'all? Shice. Shice, what's popping? Listen, I just had to let you know. I want to know who was the first person to ever say... To a woman, you look so good. I suck your daddy. What's crazy? I can barely hear him. All right, he said he wanted to know who's the first person to ever say, You look so good. I suck your daddy's bleep. So, I'm just saying, I I mean, to me, like, 
the first time I heard that, it, it had to be Biggie Smalls. That was the first time I heard it. And I was upset. That that makes me upset. Nobody should ever say that. Ever, ever. Like that's never okay. Like there's no way that you can okay that comment. No. Never. And if no, you have you seen it was Biggie Smalls? Yeah, he was the first, uh-huh. first Biggie person. Smalls? Biggie Smalls was the first person I ever heard say that on a song. Yeah. Yes. I don't know and what that line, is. like, it had, it, I mean, to me, like, you know, knowing, you know, who Biggie Smalls was and what he did, I know that it probably didn't originate with him. It mm. probably came from somewhere like old school. So we got to look, we got to look that up. And Shice, when, when, when we come back from the break, because we're about to hit a break real quick. When we come back from the I promise you, I did it too. I wanted to say, yo, y'all doing a joke thing. Yo, this is funny. I'm in here laughing. But y'all keep doing your thing. Thank you, That's what's up, my brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you. All right, we're going to hit this break real quick. And we come back, we're going to answer the Shai's question. And we're going to get into more funny black facts thank y'all the on to podcast shows and do not know where to start the evening rush network can help you with that call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at the evening rush network at gmail.com for dates and prices we got you for all your podcast needs the evening rush network tune in subscribe and share And we're back. And we're back. I found it. Well, I didn't find, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if this originated, but it was saying somebody meet you on Twitter. This was uh, about six years ago. And he said, Biggie really said, you look so good. I suck your daddies. And he said, like, wrote that down, proofread it, recorded it, and was like, this the one. I would say like that has to be the the worst line because like Shai said like that is something that a man should never say. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay unless you you know you live in an alternate lifestyle and that's your preference. You know I'm not knocking it. This right here. Mm-hmm. Be honest. I've done this many a days. May have to do it before. I mean, I'm not claiming that. I hope I won't. But yeah, times get rough and the gas prices are high. Jason Hill, first person to purchase $2 worth of gas at a gas station. Ella, can I tell you something? I'm going to share this with you and I'm going to share this with y'all one time and I'm never going to mention it again. It's going to be gone in the dust. We'll just replay. Yes. (laughs) One time... I actually purchased 50 cent in gas. Okay. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Stop. Right crazy. Wait. <laughs> wait. What? Wait. How do you, how did it, how did it, and, you, and it worked? It, yeah, it got me to where I needed to go. Yeah. 
It did, because I'm thinking, but you know what? I wonder, when was it? How much was gas when you did it? How much approximately was gas? It had to be about one something. It was around one something at the time. Like maybe okay, like well maybe 180 or something, a gallon or something like that. Okay, so if gas is like what? Gas is like what? Three dollars? So that's still like one fifty in gas, like a dollar yeah. in gas. So yours is fifty. I made I made it to where I was going. Another that's time, what it is. I and tried. Look, to I didn't it. even. That's not even. That's not even back. I thought you was getting ready to say something, whatever. Like we, I feel like we all done did that in our community. We feel you. Oh, yeah. That's how crazy said I purchased. <laughs> Listen, like sometimes times is hard, man, and you got to do it. I've actually had the the man at the gas station say, "Hey, listen, what you got is not enough, so I'm just going to give you ten dollars." You know, like go ahead and make it home. When you get a chance, come back and see me. You know, like yeah, it's a, it happened. You go back and see him. I went back and seen him. Yes, absolutely. Good. Good. Me, me and him are now friends. You know, like he's a, you know he's on my Facebook list. We friends. Good. You know? Or Bill Washington, first man to wish an MF a wood. Oh I my a, god! A wood. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that on the show. You can say that. Yeah, we can say it on the show, but I ain't say it. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Like. I still wish you know. I still wish somebody would, and people still say it to this day. They do, you know, like, and you know, like, I don't know why you wish they would because, like, if you respond, you're probably gonna have to do something to them. And you know what it reminds me of? Remember Kings of Comedy, Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, he talk about the scene, and he was like, "That's our scene, four and five, four and five. Yes. And he said, "We live by the wish factor, right?" Now we live out of wish. We wish somebody would. Oh no, nation said pause, and I got you. That's my bad. You know what? I slipped up. You got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Beautiful Humphreys, first man to walk into a salon and request that his hair be fried, dyed, and laid, to, laid the to the side. Come on now, talk to me. I, I actually um. I actually had that done one time, man. Like I was looking like a bald rat. I'll never do that again to my hair. How they do that? So what? What happened? It's just get getting a perm and getting it laid to the side. So I was looking crazy. I was looking crazy. Yes, I was looking crazy when I did it. I also tried the um, wash and set. Later on, if y'all in the um, on everything podcast group, I'll post my pictures from me getting. My um, James Brown was the person who used to always get it fried, dyed, and laid to the side. So basically, it makes your it makes your hair look really thin. So if you're on a on everything podcast group, I'm gonna post it in there later for me getting a wash and set. You'll see my hair look Please crazy. Post it. Please post, post it. You know what? I post it. I don't mind making fun of myself. Yeah, you know I'm a comment. Post it. <laughs> okay, wait. All right. Mm, this is okay, I, but we, I guess we still say this. Ambrose, Ambrose Willoughby. First question someone that they don't know nothing about this. You don't know nothing about this. You don't know nothing, you don't about, know nothing about this. <laughs> now, now people change it up a little bit. It's like, what you know about this? Instead of you don't know nothing about this, what you know about this? You yeah. know, like, that's a cool saying. That's dope. Tanitra, okay. 
Tanitra. Come on, Tanitra. Come on, Come on, Come on with the names. Tanitra Holbrook. Uh-huh. First person to call somebody, you remember when we used to do this all the time. First person to call somebody a player hater. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? Like, calling somebody a player hater is like saying, okay, because now we just say hater instead of saying player hater. Yeah. Now we just change it up. Okay, you're a hater. You know? We do cut a lot of things off, though, don't you think? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Ooh, everybody, yes. Call in 929 441 2427. Why do we cut a lot of things off? Do you think we don't feel like saying the rest of it? Or it sounds. History repeats itself. So what happens is, like, we might change it up a little bit, but it's still the same thing. Everything is still the same. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, real. Yeah, we been Tuesday all day for Tima. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is different. Tell me, I remember hearing this, but not too often. Tamika Bunsen, first person to begin a sentence with the phrase, me, myself, personally. Wow. <laughs> you hear that a lot? I used to hear it a lot, especially from like older drunk people, me, myself. They they wouldn't say personally, but they would be like, me, myself. Me, myself. I me do me this. <laughs> so I said, me, my what? <laughs> I'll probably go anyway. Okay. Okay, you remember this. Because I remember these these um in the living room. Samuel Hinckley Jr. First mm-hmm. person to take a picture in a wicker chair. Wow. You remember those wicked chairs? Because my mom, you know what I'm saying, in the 70s and all that, they had the wicker chairs, you know, and then you put the um, stuff on the um, walls. It looked like a a fruit or something, but it was made of wicker. Yeah. And then you got the stuff in the corner, like those, those like, uh, look like tree little things or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sean said the baby shower days. I think a real popular picture of UEP Newton in a wicker chair, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. No, I, I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. you're right. And you know what's crazy is that, like, most wicker chairs, you know, from selling furniture, I know that those are made for outside. I know. Wicker chairs are made for, like, out, for outdoors. Like, it's supposed oh, no. to, to, like, withstand, like, all temperatures and, you know, like. I know. Why that's what wicker chairs were for. We brought them, we brought them inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ruthie, Ruthie, female Ruthie, Ruthie on, McCall. Ruthie. Mm-hmm. First person to coin the slang, I don't have to do sh- but stay black and die. Wow. You know what's crazy? Like, when my mom used to always say that, when somebody told her that they had she had to do something, mm-hmm. she always used that. Come on, Ruth. <laughs> but my, my mom used to always say that. And, like, when I was young, I never understood, like, the, the meaning of that. But, you know, it's basically just saying, hey, listen, I don't got to do nothing. You know, like, I don't got to do nothing. Whatever you think I got to do, I don't got to do that. Right. Like, who are you telling me who you think I am or what I need to do and what I need? I ain't got to do nothing right here, baby girl. I ain't got to do nothing, sir. 
exactly. Y'all watching the On Everything podcast. We're sponsored by Sayings by Butter. Butter, we appreciate you. Sayings by Butter, she's dope. She does the clothes for us. Absolutely. Go check her page. She got everything y'all need. Okay. You ready for the name? Then I'm going to tell you what she said. Come on, names. Okay, listen to what I'm saying. Bonique. Bonique Bates. Bonique. Bonique. It's a unique name, Bonique. First nope. person to successfully, to successfully slap the black off somebody. <laughs> Come on. How you, how you do that? <laughs> Come on, Bonnie. Thalma? Okay, this is not Thelma. This is Thalma. T-H-A-L-M-A. Come on, Thalma. Thalma Martin. Cultivator of the Negro, but with the A. Negro, please. Facial expression. Facial expression. <laughs> I don't know what that facial expression looks like, but I can imagine. <laughs> oh, Sean, they are everywhere. So they are all online. That's what I want everybody to look. If you miss, because I know we're down a lo- running down a long list, and I know many of us, at least me and Gene, definitely can relate to this stuff. So if you type in the names or rewind the video, play it as much as you want, and just type in the names, and it'll bring up different sites with all of this list. So a lot of these sites have this same list. Mm-hmm. It's Taco Friday over here. Got mm-hmm. Okay, listen, this one, this one I know this well because it used to be in everybody's house. Well, I don't know if it used to be in everybody's house. Oh, why these people name these kids these crazy names? I just want to know how it's fine, but you know what? When you think you're spelling it right, but then they say no. You know, that's capital N, little A, the asterisk over it. And then you have a capital F. And then it's, you know, for Sean, it's S H A A U W N. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how we do. Okay. Maybell Brown. I'm sorry. I got one for you. Like, my, yes. my mother, before my brother was born, right? She thought he was going to be a girl. So she named she had his name as Coalition. Come on now. Coalitia. <laughs> okay, I ain't even gonna try to spell it because it's not the way. Okay, Coalitia. And what happened? So you oh you talking about before and then when she had him. What's his she name? She realized it was a boy. Like date of birth, she realized that it was a boy. <laughs> so up until she gave birth to him, his name was Coalition. And we 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 in her stomach like we talked to Qualisha. We we were waiting for Qualisha to come home from the hospital, and when she came home from the hospital, it was a boy. We were all shocked. But I'm like, Ma, where did you come up with this name? And you see, you see, Sean saying four forty. That's my brother, forty. Okay. She called Qualisha Antoine Brown. And I'm like, ma, like that's gonna be the like ghettoest name. And I, I, I think I would, I had to be six years old, and I knew that it had to be the most ghetto name that you could name somebody. But what, ahead, she say, what was her reasoning for it? That was the name she just came up with, Coalition. Oh, she just came. It was no reason why she liked it. No reason. Coalition came from nowhere. 
And she ended up naming him Jawan. You know, yeah. like, I mean, the doctor offered to, to, you know, change him up to be a girl because she was so upset that he was her, her third son. You know, she was so upset that she was having, like, another boy another instead boy. of a girl. Like, she was looking forward to the girl, for things for the girl, and, you know, it was a boy. You know, like, I, I guess back in those days, I, that was in 1985, I believe it was. So mm-hmm. I, I, I thought the technology would, you know, would be, like, up there. But that that was a shocking situation. But, yeah, that was the crazy name situation. But, God, I'm sorry. That's okay. And then I got one more. There might be a couple more. One more. And I just want to make sure... Um, before we go for the night, because we didn't use the whole hour talking about that. I'm saying, you know, we can talk about our people and our culture and the things we have created that are still used today forever. And mm-hmm. then I want to, um, we're going to end this on a, on a note where it's really informational for the black community. That's really important um, to do mm-hmm. this. But Mabel Brown, did I tell you? Did Come I say No, you didn't. You ain't say Mabel yet. But let me tell you what Mabel did. Because this is happening every, it was in my black home. It, it was, maybe it was in your black home. Maybell, I think it's Maybell. Maybell Brown. First Maybelle. person to cover a piece of furniture in plastic for everyday use. Wow. You know what? That That's amazing though. And when you think about all of these stories, all of these stories, like you, you think about how creative black people are. Oh. How creative we had to be. Yeah. From back then, like we, you know, like we had no choice other than to create things and be innovative. And America was built by black people, and it still stands on our shoulders because of the work that we did as a people. So, you know, like. We, we could make jokes and laugh about all the sayings and all the things that, you know, black people did. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I saw, I forgot the person's name, like one person put uh, paint rollers in their hair to make curls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we now have curlers, but like people still do it. So when you think of and And, and Madam CJ Walker with the perm, I mean, everybody knows that. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to maybe have another show. Y'all was messing up her good furniture. That's right. Because we went exactly. to even my friend's house, my cousin's house, whatever, my house, they were not playing. It was covered in that heavy plastic, and you would be so hot. I, used to, hate, I used to hate to fall asleep on my grandmother's couch and woke up and wake up stuck to the plastic <laughs> with my face stuck to the plastic on her couch. Like, I used to hate it. Yep, yep. I know. Like, I wonder, people probably still do that today. The older I people. I know people who do it today. To this day, I know people who do it. Yeah, but it. But my thing is, it keeps it. I mean, it keeps it new. And you know what? Because black people, because the social economic status. I mean, we could we could have got it on ourselves, right? If things hadn't been stolen from us, well, if everything hadn't been stolen from us, because we already had it, right? We come from kings and queens, so. Because of that, it's like when you went to either your mom's house or your your grandmama's house or grandfather's house, the stuff that they had, they wanted to keep. Like my grandmother has stuff today that she's had for 30, 40 years. You know, Mm -hmm. you buy it one time, you spend that money, you keep it nice, you cover it up or whatever. And so that, you know, nothing happens to it, you know, because you got to make it last. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like I was saying, us us as a people, like we came very far and we still got so much further to go as far as getting back to where we were at. You know, no, like, I'm gonna say this. It's it's time for the and this will lead into what we can um say to the people, the, the informational, and we thank y'all for joining us today um with these black funny facts. Um please, please, if you still want to call in, you can still call in and let us know. But we just wanted to have a fun show, enjoy ourselves today, going into the um the weekend. We're hoping that you all enjoy your holiday. But Gene, I feel like at the end, nothing is going to ever um make up for what was done to our people ever so it will never happen right you can't you can't replace all the lives all the harm and that is still going on so my only thing is another thing in in addition to you know building schools having another you know black wall street all that stuff is that what do you think about reparations like i believe you need to give us reparations now what that looks like in 2021 i don't know there are other there are other race groups who receive reparations, get things because of what was done to them, and it wasn't done to them even by America, but America still looks out for them. Yeah. But when it comes to the lives of black people and what was done to us here, yeah. a lot of the history is denied. Yeah. And I mean, and I agree with you, oh no nation. They said, we said we don't want nothing from them. It's true, but well, we don't need nothing from them. No, we don't need it, but you won't give something. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You're not going, you know, we don't. We don't mm-hmm. need it, but you're not just going to do that and think that, you know, just we going to continue. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. It's just like spitting in my face and constantly spitting in my face. Eventually, something's got to happen. Now, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm an anti-violence person, so like I don't I don't think that like we should respond with violence. But at the end of the day, you have to give us something back because of what you took from us and what you took us from. Mm, I would say true. I would say I'm not for violence. However, you know, self-defense is always at play. I mean, we have the right to defend yourself. Everybody else been defending themselves. Yes. You have the right to defend yourself. Like if you know, those those days are kind of gone. If you think you're gonna like we're gonna go out here and protest today and you're gonna run up on us and spit and pull us. That's that's those things. That is my my feeling. Like every time I see black people marching, and you know the the protests that happened recently, I mean, I thought, you know, like that was a strong statement. But at the same time, I feel like it wasn't enough. Like I feel like at the end of the day, like we got to go a step further in order for us to get what we want and what we need as a people. But that can't happen without unity. Yes. That's our main, main thing that we have to figure out how we're going to do it because that is the main thing that keeps us divided and we preach it 
Mm-hmm. But we don't really see it manifesting in the way it should be because if we have mm-hmm. unity, there's really no stopping us. And I think everybody knows that. It's just like, how do you get everybody on the same page? How do you? Because mm-hmm. if you look back at speeches from Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, or any of the other civil rights leaders, like they all preach unity, 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 unity. But there still was no unity. Even on when you look back to the Black Panthers, there were other groups who didn't want to participate or join in with what they were doing, even though what they were doing were very was very positive. Oh no, nation says house versus fill. There wasn't even just house versus fill. Wasn't even that. It but, was even it was more than that. It was more than just house versus field. It was house versus field versus light skin field versus dark skin field. Oh, yeah. You know, like we, we got divided as a people and we still are divided. Yeah. And we and if they don't divide us by our skin complexion, they they divide us by our religion. They divide us. Everything and they use everything to divide us. And the sad thing is that we participate in it. And we got all the way down to being divided by the color of our clothes. You wear red and you wear blue, so I got a problem with you. But see, this is what I'm saying, which is true, Gene. And so we know this. And Mm -hmm. people who, who, you know, will say unity, but not really about unity, and we don't really see any true unity, know this too. And mm-hmm. say, oh yeah, that's what we should do. That's that's what we should do. And so we know what's been done to us. We know what's still being do being done to us. So even if you can do something small, that's fine. I just can't figure out why we cannot do it. You know. I mean, it took me a long time to wake up. Like I used to fight for a block that I lived on, but I didn't own. So I don't own the block. So why should I defend the block or feel like I own it? Or feel like this block, I'm entitled to anything that's on this block. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm from this project. I don't own that project. So why should I defend that project? Like. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. How do we get with that? Because neighborhood beefs, turf beefs, um, you know, whatever, city to city. It's all nonsense. And we know it's by design. We know they sit mm-hmm. back like we don't we don't have to do anything. Why would we even do anything? Y'all doing everything yourselves, right? So we yes. how do we figure out that? And it's like we got so much animosity towards each other because we know that's how it started in the beginning. They pit us against each other. But my thing is now that it's been so many years and we are trying to get together, what do we need to get all of us on board with something? I mean, it, it takes exactly that. Like, it takes unity. You know, it takes for us to really realize that me and you both, we might be different, but we have the same cause. Yeah. When you look at other races moving, you know, I don't want to single nobody out, but moving into the hood, opening stores, working together, they work together. They work together. You know, like they might not be blood relatives or anything, but they work together and they make sure as one, as a unit, they all make money. So I can tell you in my neighborhood, I can't walk into me. I can I can walk into probably one store 
where I can buy a ham sandwich. One store. Wait a minute. You walk into one store where you can buy a ham sandwich. The rest of the stores out there are all owned by people that I can't buy a ham sandwich from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, and they all work together. You'll see the uh, one guy from this store, one guy in this store. Next time he's in this store, they all work together as a unit. But for us as a black, as as a people, like we spend too much time focusing on superficial things and the things that don't matter, as opposed to working together, building up our economy. For us, we spend far too much time doing that. So uh, I know you hinted, hinted at the Black Wall Street thing, and you know, like that. You know, we could go right into that from this. That that is exactly you know our problem as a people. Correct. And and who is who is this? And who's speaking in front of Congress? Hundred and seven, a mm-hmm. hundred and seven year old Viola Fletcher. A hundred and seven. Yes. And so, and that's another thing that makes me so concerned because you know how each generation it seems like have leaders. Mm-hmm. But I don't see one arising right now for this generation right now. I keep looking. We got the older people and our older people are getting older. They're trying mm-hmm. to pass down that fight, you know, good trouble, right? They're trying to pass down that fight to the younger generation, but I'm not seeing anybody, you know, taking well, I will tell you I will tell you the problem and the pro- part of the problem is exactly what you just said. What you look too many of us are looking for leaders and we're not trying to be leaders. Which is true, but what I'm saying is no, mm-hmm. no, no, I don't mean it like that. Each generation had leaders and everybody was leaders, right? But there was all, like when you talk about the Malcolm X <laughs> I'm not going to do this. I got mad respect for Ono Nation. I promise you I'm going to follow you. I love it. Yo, Kwame Brown will be our leader. Yes. I'm I like Kwame Brown. Yes. My thing, is, is, my thing is, is, you know, I feel like it's excellent, but I feel like true. It's not, I don't mean that. Like you're looking for a leader and you wait. When you go out there and do it, what I am saying, there are going to be certain people that stand out above the others because that's the gift they were given. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then other people work on the ground. That's the one they were given. You know what I'm saying? All of that. But everybody is doing, you know, grassroots. And so what I'm saying, when you think about the Malcolm X's, when you think about the Garvey's, when you think about all of these people mm-hmm. who arose, I'm saying I don't see anybody arising or a number of people arising. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I think me and my daughter were talking about that the other day. I think it's more of a number of people are rising. I, I mean, like, I'm, well, I'm, I'm an optimist, so I always think positively. Like, I'm always yes. looking, you know, and I see a lot of people rising. But what's happening is, like, the pushback is not strong enough. As far like, as, explain what you mean. So what I mean is, like, the per- the people who I see rising, like, mm-hmm. The the what they what they're fighting for or whatever like whatever it may be, it's not strong enough. So, like, you have to come up with 
Like, in order to be that person, like, you got to come up with a message that resonates with everybody in order for them to join. Like, so, you know, like, I like to think of people as a hand, right? So a lot, if your hand is like this and you hit somebody, that's strong, but it's not strong enough. It's just going to be a slap, right? I mean, I've seen people get knocked out with slaps, but it's not easy to do that. But it's a lot easier if all of those things are combined and you punch, right? So I look at, I want to see a fist. That's what I want to see. I want to see enough people join together for it to be a fist. And a lot of times, like, what's, what's happening now is, like, you have Black Lives Matter, you have, you know, like, all the other Antifa, you have, like, you have a bunch of groups, like, where people with messages and things that they say, but at the same time, I don't think that it's forceful enough. What they're demanding is not forceful enough. Like, Black Lives Matter, like, I look at it, okay, like, you're fighting for Black Lives, which, you know, like, I agree with you. Yeah, Black Lives Matter, yeah. Mm-hmm. I follow them, like, I listen to everything they have to say. But at the same time, like, it's like, when do you stop begging, you know? Like, we're not asking, we're not, we're not asking, like, you can't, you can't keep asking for the same thing. Like, I'm not going to keep, if I'm knocking on your door, if as my desperate, if I'm knocking on your door because I need to get in the door, as my desperation rises, the louder my knock is going to get. And that's what Exactly. But what I don't see is that desperation. Like, That's what I think it is. I wonder if it needs to get to totally that point, if it needs to get Mm -hmm. to where that desperation is, because I think a lot of us, too, have gotten comfortable. You know what I mean? Some people like, yeah, I want to fight. Yeah, we need more. But you know what? All right. Well, let me go, you know, buy this car. Let me go to this club. Let me do. You know what I mean? Because you think Mm -hmm. that even if you know that things are not equal and, and that you can never be repaid for what was done to us anyway, it's not enough for you to get up and really do something, you know? And like you said, I think that's exactly one of the things that desperation doesn't seem to be there where it's like, nobody's asking anything. We're coming. Mm-hmm. This is we're demanding. And this is what it is. You either want to come Again, we need that unity. We need us together to be able to do it. And what good is it if I come out after something happens? Like, no, yeah. like, you can't wait until something happens. Like, you have to be proactive. So if you want something to stop, like, it's easier to respond to something if you already told them. If you told your child, don't do something, and then they do it, it's easier for you to discipline them for doing it because you told them not to do it. Now, right. if you didn't tell your child not to do something and they do something, then you have to explain why they don't have to do it. Right. So I look at that the same way. That's my same view of America, all these protests, all of these things. If I'm proactive and I tell you, stop killing black people. If you turn around and kill a black person and I respond violently or I respond harshly, it's because I already told you don't do that. And that's the same. That's the same problem. Like we wait until something happens and then everybody want to go marching. No, if marching months ago before this happened, if these things were spoken about, this has been happening for years. Nothing changed. 
Nothing changed. We've been getting, look, Black Wall Street. We've been getting murdered for years and nobody does nothing. But at the end of the day, like we go marching after something happens and we expect it to change. Nothing changes in Congress. You know why? Because we don't vote in the, in the off years. I know. It all changes. And then you have some people in our black community feeling like, you know, well, why vote? They've done that, that, um, you know, they've done all this. That they're not optimistic, like you said. It's pessimism. And so they're like, why vote? It's not going to change. I've been living here. It's definitely not going to change in my lifetime. I don't think it's going to change in my kids' lifetime. So I'll do what I can do. And audience, we're not saying to, you have to do everything because we understand nobody can speak on what's going on in your life personally. So mm -hmm. nobody knows if you have the capabilities to go protest. You know what I mean? Nobody knows what's going on. But what we're saying is that you can do something just like us talking on this podcast. And it's not like me and Jean, like we stop here. We do other stuff. So mm -hmm. but you can do something. I mean, you know, call your local officials, demand that, you know, run that Listen. phone, run that phone line up to where it's blocked and they can't get no moment, from nowhere else. At this moment, the George Floyd bill is literally on the table, right? Right. What they they get ready to dub it. You know why? Because there's not a there's not a strong enough pushback for it. Just like when they tried to take away health care, people protest, they march, they went there proactively before the vote was up and we got it done. Now we did all of this marching, all of this begging for change or asking for change or demanding change, whichever way you fall in that category and the bill is up and look, there's not enough senators to pass this bill. Mm -hmm. We need to do more. We, we need to do more. Yeah, but I think it's too about, you know, we all talk this stuff and we all do that. And I think it's about discipline. And we've all yes. been, you know, um, we all, I think, have had some fault in that. Because even if you um, want to do something, you mean well, this, that, and the other, what is your discipline? You know, because we'll say something on the weekend and like you said, we'll walk for protests and stuff like that. And then come the weekday, it's like, oh, I can't go today because now I got to go back to work. It's a work week and I got to do this. And so how are we going to push through like no matter what I have to do, this needs to be done or no matter what I have to do, like they did to bus boycott, no matter what I have to do, walking miles to work. That's what our people did. They walk miles to and from yeah. work. So when I see that lack of months, yeah, when I see that and when I see that lack of pushback, that's what I mean. When I see yeah. that lack of forcefulness, I feel like we let down the people who marched before us. Yeah. Right now, there's 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 voting rights getting pulled oh, yeah. back. And all around the country, all around the country. I, I, I know they did it in Texas. They're doing it in Florida. They're doing it all around the country to take away our votes. Right. Right? I see right. black people getting killed all around the country. All around. Right. And they're taking away our rights as far as votes. So what I see is America is still the America 
who kidnapped our ancestors and brought us here. Yes. Oh, very much so. so we as a people, we got to rise up, get together. We got to put aside our differences, whether it be religion, ethnicities, because like there are many different black ethnicities. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm a separated. I'm, I'm a separator. So like most of the time, I'm like, oh, this person's from there, so he's not, he's really not black. Or this person's from that's me. I'm one of those people. I'm not gonna lie. I'm guilty of it. But well, you gotta so, stop. I know. I'm, I'm. I was about to say that. For for certain causes, though, like I understand. Like yo, we all got the same struggle. No matter where you're from, no matter what your origins were, like. It's still we really know what the origins were, but we won't get into that. It'd be too deep. Exactly. And that and that and that's 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 where my problem originated at. Like I just feel like some people feel like, oh, I'm from here, so I'm better than them. So it's like, okay, yeah. like, you know, like and I know, you know, I know my heritage, I know where I'm from, I know my mm-hmm. origins. I looked it up, you know, I know what tribe mm-hmm. I came from, I know all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I'm deep in I'm deep in the woods with this, but you know, like, I feel like we need to join together as a people and stop being an open hand and start being a fist. And yeah, be just, a- but it brings us back, and that's something we, we can talk further about. I mean, we're going to have to, but it brings me back, and I hear what you're saying, and everybody hears it, but it brings us back to the same question. So what are we going to do to do it? Because we all say this, but what mm-hmm. are we going to do? Like, what is a way that even if somebody can't do a lot, but they can do something, how can we set up something so that like you can sign up nationwide for little things that you can do? We can organize it. Like maybe that's something we need to figure out and then, mm-hmm. you know, sign up. So even people in, um, you know, we can commute the internet is everything. Yeah. So we can I mean, our internet and figure out how to coordinate, you know, or people, something like yeah. that. Listeners, if you're out there, whoever's listening, listen. We we are open to have anybody on this show that's Absolutely. the organizer. That I already know what you're going to say. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's you know operating in the grassroots or whatever level you are. We're open to having you on the show. Um, we're open we to questions. questions. We want to know how to get it done. So we need some exactly. help. So we need to seek out people who have the knowledge. I'm all about that. If you feel like somebody has some knowledge or something that could, you know, help you. And I do that all the time. You know, if people ask me, you know, can you help me with this? I'm right there, you know, and I'm simply trying to help. What is it that you need that I can help you on this journey? You can take from me. You can take from Jean. You can take from whatever, you know, mm-hmm. each one, teach one for real. And I know we're getting ready to close out soon, but let me tell the people this. Okay, Viola Fletcher. Just this brief thing that people may have already read, but I'm not sure, right? Mm-hmm. Was seven years old. Can you believe that? She's 107. She was seven years old when she witnessed one of the worst acts of racial violence the U.S. has ever seen. And mm-hmm. angry, and these are for the people who may not be aware, because, Gene, there might be some people who are not really aware about what happened, and this is why... Mm-hmm. I'm encouraging people, and Gene is encouraging people this weekend. Please, it's on Sunday. I know you're doing your celebrations, but please take time out to watch this. An angry white mob rampage through Tulsa's Greenwood District. Okay, we're talking about Black Wall Street. In Oklahoma, killing hundreds of Black people and leaving her thriving neighborhood in ashes in 1921. 
Mm -hmm. 100, and this is what I want to read. It just touched me so bad. And I, I can't read the whole thing because it's, it's too deep. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it gives you chills and it gives you chills to know like, oh my God, what am I doing? Exactly. You have done and gone through in that time. Okay. Mm -hmm. 107 year old testified before members of the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Wednesday. I think this was, when they say Wednesday, I think it was May 18th. I think it's been a uh, couple weeks. I think it was May 18th. I just listened to the testimony earlier today. But God, I'm sorry. May 18th? No, I just listened to it earlier today. I don't know what the date was. I heard it earlier today while I was and on Did you way. hear her? I was just, when you listen to her, mm -hmm. all you got to do is listen and you've got the visuals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Calling for justice and for the country to officially acknowledge the massacre ahead of the 100th anniversary on May 31st. And just a little excerpt that she said, like y'all heard Gene say that he listened to it. I did too. I still see black men being shot. Mm, that just hurts my soul so bad. I still see black men being shot, black bodies lying in the street. I still smell smoke and see fire, Fletcher testified. I still see black businesses being burned. I still hear airplanes flying overhead. I hear the screams. I have lived through the massacre every day. So mm -hmm. she's seven and she's 107. You talk about dealing with, you know, not only emotions, but the trauma for mm -hmm. years and replaying what you saw because it's so vivid as if it happened yesterday. This is what has been done to our people. Um, so let me, let me say that, right? Yeah, go that. ahead. Since that happened, Oklahoma put together a commission which raised over $37 million. And do you know, they did not give this lady one dime. Right now, she is still struggling to survive, to live right now because of what they did. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Because I heard about that. When did they just put together that commission? That was done years ago. They've been well, raising it for three years. But, there, but you know what? There's another thing I'll have to look it up that goes with that. Do they have, are they organizing another one or is somebody else because there's something else or maybe, and if they are or something else is doing something to speak to what you said, I wonder if that's because now, I mean, we knew about it, but a lot of, a lot of us don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't taught in school. It's not in the history books, right? So some people are mm -hmm. seeing this for the first time. And I wonder if what I'm talking about, and I'm not going to be able to find it before the end of the show, is they're trying to do something because they know this is getting ready to air on CNN. It's getting ready to air on the History Channel. You know, mm -hmm. for people who don't know, so they don't, you know what I'm saying? To try yeah. to like, oh, well, we're working together to try to, you know, go not back. You know how, you know mm -hmm. Yeah, so, because like, I know they said that, um, not one victim, person that, 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 not one person that survived it, none of the survivors and none of their ancestors or none of the people who lived after that, you know, their, their offspring or anything benefited from the money that, which was raised because of that. Right. And see, and, oh, that just makes me, it just really, it just really, um, and I'm sure it makes everybody mad, but what I wanted to say is please make sure this is on and I'm getting the time because one is showing on the, I mean, showing one time on the history channel. And then it says reports of death began at 36, but historians now believe many as 300 people, please. Probably it's more than that. Yes. It's more than that. 
But um, Greenwood, uh, Greenwood residents suffered 50 million to 100 million in property damage from the massacre. And, and they said, mm -hmm. is this her? Um, some, I don't know if this is her, but somebody said they owe us something. Yes, they owe me something. I have lived yes. much of my life poor to speak to what you said. My opportunities mm -hmm. were taken from me and my community. North Tulsa, Black Tulsa is still messed up today. They didn't rebuild it. It's empty. It's a ghetto. Oh, this is something that Randall. Now, I think when she was there, there was another man because she was 107 and he was uh, something else. And this is this is somebody else, Ben Ellis. Okay, before I go into to it, um, the date is on because one day is showing on CNN. It's showing on is um, Sunday the 31st. Sunday's the 31st, Gene. Uh, I, no, I think Sunday is the 30th. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Sunday is the 30th. Sunday is the 30th. Sunday the 30th. Mm -hmm. Let me see, because I thought they said Sunday. So Monday's the 31st. Hold on. I got to get this date. We just got to wait for a minute, because I got to get these, this date for these. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, here it's going to be oh, okay it's called dreamland if you all haven't heard of it it's going to be called dreamland black wall street documentary in works at lebron james and maverick carter spring hill entertainment mm -hmm. lebron james is always doing something for the culture you know i, I love that yep so it is On CNN, okay, on Sunday, that on it. I'm sorry, y'all. I just gotta get this. Um, I'm right. Now, isn't that crazy? You know what I'm saying? As soon as soon as I want to give it to the. Okay, no. So, Monday, I remember I said it was the 31st, so that's Monday. On mm -hmm. Monday, May 31st, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CNN. And it's coming okay. in, in CNN Spanish too. So May 31st, audience and listeners, Monday, May 31st at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's going to mm -hmm. be Dreamland on CNN. The film will encore Saturday. They're showing it again, June 5th at 9 p.m. HBO Max. But please, we need everybody to tune in May 31st at 9 p.m. And it I cannot remember the date, but they're also showing it on the History Channel. Mm. So that's what I wanted to leave our um, viewers and listeners with. Um, although we talk uh, funny black facts today with our culture and had a lot of fun, a lot of those things we still do today. Um, it is a very serious thing when we talk about what is the next step um, for our community and people and how we want to really get true equality because we know that we got to do it right so we just got to figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to get together um but please tune in and watch dreamland on cnn and also tune in to the history channel they're going to show it either so the one on the history channel is going to be may 30th which is sunday it's going to be at 8 p.m okay so may 30th jeans said may 30th the history channel at 8 p.m eastern standard time Yes, it's called Black Wall Street Before, During, and After the Tulsa Race Massacre. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And then CNN, same thing, but it's called Dreamland at 8. So you got two opportunities to watch it. Please don't miss it this weekend. I'm Your family, both. everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm watching both. Say, I'm ex- I said, I'm watching both. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. I, I can't love, wait. I'm a history buff. I love to, you know, learn, learn about things and, and, you know, especially... I'm watch Dreamland, but I'm especially excited about the other one because it shows the before. So I want to see what we had before that happened. So I'm really yeah. excited to watch it. I read about it, but you know, I mean, years and years ago, but I want to put the visuals with it. I want to really get the full effect. And just like this, um, Viola 107, I mean, I want to hear the people's stories. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't want to just read it. I want to hear what you experience so we can really feel you know, that pain that you went through and that you still experience in the day. Absolutely. Well, I, I guess, you know, like I'm looking forward to, to that definitely this weekend. Um, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm supposed to go away. So like I'll be away while I'm watching it or actually I'll still be here. I'm going away right after that. So I'm really excited. I'm, it's going to be dope. Well, that's a wrap for the, on everything podcast. I appreciate you, Ella. You have a blessed day. I want to thank everybody so much for listening and tuning in and staying with us. We appreciate y'all all. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful weekend, all right? Thank you. God bless.